You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And today we're going to be going over the disappointing Festival of the Lost, an extended look at hand cannons and how range works in the game. Trials of Osiris, DDoSing, and a fundamental change in this week's tournament, which is turning a few heads. So, David, how has your week been going in the world of Destiny? Well, you know, my week's been pretty good. Um, playing a lot, as always. Got my hard raids done for the week. Uh, you know, Trials has been fun. Well, I mean, we'll talk a lot more about that one. And, you know, Festival of the Lost is here, which, uh, you know, it's been a good time with Festival of the Lost. I really like the shaders they brought in. Um, the new emblems you can get are pretty cool. So it's been a good time. How about you, Jorge? It's been okay. Uh, for me, it's been Festival of the Bust, um, but that's beside the point. Um, in fact, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Let's talk about Festival of the Lost. Um, a couple changes from last year. There's a couple quests. One Hidden quests, which you may have already noticed if you kept a couple of your raisins from last year. Last year, there was a raisin packet that you got from Eris. It was a joke item. A lot of people threw it away. Some people kept it in the vault. If you kept it in the vault, it became something called Ascendant Raisins because raisins mean evil and darkness. And they're not very, very tasty at times. But in this case, they became Ascendant and became Hive-like and... They gave you Grimoire for some strange reason. So there was a quest. It was actually a, a fun, interesting quest because you're just like, we're really doing this. We're infusing our raisins with 25 motes of light, which is exactly what you do when you take the raisin packet. If you never had it from last year that Eris gives you this year, you take that raisin packet, you bring it over to the speaker, you infuse it with 25 motes of light. It becomes ascendant raisins. You bring those Ascendant Raisins over to Zavala. Zavala gives you something. You bring it over to the Cryptarch. The Cryptarch gives you something. You bring it over to the Shipwright. Shipwright gives you something. You bring it to Cade. You give that thing to Cade. And Cade gives you something that you give to Eris, and she gives you a shader. It's the Super Black, I think it's what? What is it called again? Uh, it is called, just give me like five seconds here to fact check. I have no idea because I can't see it on DIM. I think it's super black. Well, whatever it's called, it's a black shader that you can use and it's okay. Uh, it's not the best. I mean, I've never been 
a huge fan of the dark black shaders. I've been more of a fan of the dark bluer shaders because if anybody knows anything about Ninja, Ninja never wore black jumpsuits. They always wore navy blue indigo suits because it's easier to blend in with darkness with that. Um, and it makes you slightly harder to see in some of the maps, such as this week's Cauldron. Yay. Oh, yeah. Well, not always, but you, I think you get my point. <laughs> um, there is a dark blue emblem that you can get from completing a mini quest where you take a bag of candy. You complete the little quest by putting on a green engram. You, have, you first have to get the quest from Eva Lamonte. You put on a uh, an M, uh, the engram mask. You take it over to Crucible. You kill stuff because that's exactly how we should be teaching our kids. That's exactly how you get candy. You go to the Crucible and you kill people with grenades and live fire. That's exactly what you should be doing. Anyway, um, yeah, that was a bad joke. So you have a chance of getting the dark blue engram. Uh, I forget what it or emblem. I'm Shader. I can't speak today. It's the Sea of Tears armor shader, and it's actually one of my favorite shaders in the game currently. It's actually really, really cool. It makes things pop out, especially the um, the raid armor. That's my favorite combination. I can't wait to get the ornamentation, because I think that that shader with the ornamentation from the raid is going to be very, very cool to look at. Um... And then you get a chance of getting the unquiet spirit. I believe people have been calling the uniquiet, unquiet, uncuit, or whatever they want to. The it, it's a it's a green shader that you get, and you just get that from doing crucible. Um, I got it pretty pretty quickly. It didn't take me that long to get, and you have a chance of getting a candlelight shader. Well, <laughs> the chance. Let's be honest. You're probably not going to get Candlelight Shader because the game doesn't want to give you skeleton keys. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you do a strike and you have a... I, I think it's almost guaranteed where if you open the chest the with a skeleton key, you get the Candlelight Shader. So those are the three big shaders from this event. Um, there's also a cool little Broom Sparrow, which is only available during Festival of the Lost, which you can get in what everybody calls the Party Room which is the area directly below Future War Cult, where you go down the stairs. It's on top of the boxes. You hold square when you jump up. You can get that broom sparrow. And that sparrow is actually the sparrow, or the broom, I'm sorry, of a... Um, Cleaning robot in the tower. Exactly. Right between uh, Eververse and the, um, the Postmaster. That little guy there is he's freaking out i don't know where my broom is ah! he's very distraught right now yes he's he's extremely distraught and you can't give him the broom for some reason that's weird to me but but i don't and so those are the cool little additions um cool little quests that's pretty much it because everything else you have to go through eververse okay before now, we before we touch on eververse i would just like to say two two things about everything you went over real quick before we go into our, you know, festival the bus situation. 
First off, I I commend Bungie because this year all the quests that you have to wear masks for, they give you the masks you have to wear, which is something that didn't happen last year, which prevented certain people from being able to complete the quests. So kudos for doing something right. right. Yeah. Kudos to Bungie for that one. Um the other comment I had, I actually like with the raisins quest, anybody can do it. You just go get the raisins and then start the quest. I actually kind of wish that it had only been the people who kept their raisins that got to do the quest. I know people are going to be like, well, but then we missed out on a shader. Yeah, but like if you were there last year and you kept the raisins, like you should get a little reward for that. That's how I feel. It's kind of like the moments of triumph. If you weren't there, you weren't going to get it. And I think it would have been awesome for Bungie to just give that little extra thing for people who kept their raisins. But, you know, I, I understand why they let everybody have it. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you because there isn't, there hasn't been that one thing of the game outside of having played the beta where you can get that emblem or very, there's a couple emblems and stuff, very few stuff that you can get that mark that you were there at an event sometime before. Um, the last time they did something like that was, I feel it was earlier this year before crimson days i can't remember but there was that one uh emblem that you got just by logging in and doing an activity between certain days that you got the dark gray emblem with the red sun and the 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 towers that are in the background when everybody thought they were revealing destiny 2 right exactly um other than that there hasn't been that many emblems or shaders that you can really say I was here during this time and I got this because I kept something that everybody else threw away. So I, I, I'm just, I'm not saying that everything has to be exclusionary, but maybe a couple more things saying that encourage you to keep certain things that would make it more, you know, it feels like you're doing something that you're that you've that you've invested time that shows that you've invested time because there's not that many things in this game that show that you invested time. That's just my thoughts on that. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about what we didn't like. And there's a lot of stuff that I, I haven't liked. I'm not going to go into a lot of uh, a lot of it because. Quite frankly, I think every other podcast and every other YouTuber and every other uh, streamer has already gone into gigantic depths about this. And my opinions isn't that much different from theirs. I just think that this has been, if you're expecting something new, this has been an absolute terrible festival of the loss. Almost all of the quests that you do to get a Festival of the Lost package or whatever that thing is, is a quest that you did last year. It's exactly the same. You have to do a strike with, I think it's the Speaker's Head, or it's either the Speaker's Head or the Traveler's Head, one of the two. And then you have to go to do a Tier 2 Court of Oryx. So you're going back into your two items to do a quest. You have to do the, the, the crucible with an engram head. Okay. That's something that we did last year. Almost everything that, that has been there is exactly the same. The only thing that changed was the mini quest that you can get an emblem from Tyra Banks. 
Tyra Karn, I know, but we call her Tyra Banks here. Um, where you get that one emblem, uh, I forget what it's called. Give me a second. It is Frames Honor, the two brooms. And that's cool. Um, that, that part was actually new, and you go and do uh, public events. Not bad. Um, but everything else, it's just, it's rehashed from last year. And if you want something from this year's Trials, not Trials of Osiris, from this year's uh, Festival of the Lost, yeah, you either had to get very lucky with your three drops that you get one per character. So you get three total drops, um, which I did. I got the Green Sparrow and I got the Ghost Ghost and Horn Devil ghost and i know people that didn't get that at all yes and i sorry i was just gonna say the drop rates are absolutely abysmal last year people got the the flaming ghost within three packages one in three packages this year you're it i think the drop rate for the sparrow was estimated to be one in every 200 yes so uh, for me, I only got the ghost ghost. That's all I've gotten through everything um, I've opened and I haven't spent any money on it. I've just gotten the packages through games. So obviously that'll hamper my chances at getting it um, compared to other people who have spent money. But uh, like has been said over and over, I feel to speak with your wallet policy does kind of work. And the less people that spend, the more Bungie gets the picture. Although I think enough people are spending enough that, you know, Bungie and Activision are going to continue to want. Uh, in-game transactions like this but um, Holtzman did actually a, a video on rates I think he spent it was a hundred dollars on crates and did his method of science where he just opened them all and wrote down every single thing he got and it ended up being I think it was um, a little under two percent uh, so that's two and a hundred basically was the rates that you would get one of those special items so the ghost ghost the devil ghost the speeder um and then the like more special masks were like 7% or something like that. Uh, so everything is dropping at a pretty low rate, which I think is not good if you're going to make people spend money. And in general, the whole spending money situation is pretty, pretty bonkers right now with Festival of the Lost. And yeah, I hope we can avoid this in the future because this, this event, um, as cool as it would have been, like you said, there was a lot of repeat stuff from the past, which going into it, we did say we had to temper our expectations. So I understand that there wasn't going to be new stuff, although I would have liked to see the quests incorporate new things from this year's expansion or just new steps rather than the same steps we did last year. But at the same time, um, these events can't just be about spending money. And I know Bungie and Activision need to make money to you know, get us more content, but making people just spend money during these live events isn't what these live events should be about. These live events are supposed to be fun activities for people to go into and do, not activities for people to just burn through money in their wallet. Right. And I'm, I actually would be okay if, let's say, you, you did the quest and you got that box. And it was a pretty high chance of getting an, an item from the box. All right. There's a whole bunch of masks that are there that people want. So you had a pretty, let, let's say it's a one in 25 or, or a 25% chance of getting one of those items that I mentioned, the ghost, the sparrow, um, the, well, it's actually two ghosts and then one of the masks or whatever. 
And then they sold the individual items separately. Say uh, mask was two bucks. The sparrow was five. You are giving people options to spend their money. It's like, I want to put money towards this. I guarantee you more people would have spent more. uh, A lot more people would have been happier with the event had that been the case where they left with at least one of the good items that they wanted, the ghost, the sparrow, or the mass that they that they really wanted from this event from doing the quests on the three characters. And then they would have spent an additional amount of money to get either complete their collection or whatever. Like you easily could have had people spending 20, 30 bucks, the, the price that they put towards Rise of Iron. And they would have been okay with that. But the way it is now, the, the way where they feel like I have to get things at RNG. I have enough. I have enough time, or, or I'm already getting screwed in RNG drops. This is how people feel, anyway. I'm already getting screwed in RNG drops for normal loot. You're making me get RNG with regards to items that I'm purchasing. That's a little. That's a little too much RNG for me. Right. If anything, um, honestly, just charge a little more. Make it so you can either earn Ghost Ghost as a random drop or you can straight up buy Ghost Ghosts for $3 or something like that. It sounds ridiculous, but at the in the end of the day, it's cosmetic and it's better to just make people... You honestly will probably make more money if you did that because then instead of people being like, no, I'm not going to spend any money to try and get this, people will be like, oh, okay, I'll drop $3 and buy Ghost Ghost, which I know that they think at the wrong hall oh maybe people just buy hundreds of dollars of these to try and get ghost ghosts which i'm sure there are some people who will but at the end of the day you'd get more people buying it if you're just like oh i'm going to give this new cosmetic thing for this event okay three bucks up you got it up five bucks you got the sparrow which like i don't like that i don't like the whole paywall to get things i've never liked it in any game but if they're gonna do it take rng out of paying for something because paying for rng is just pathetic in my mind I'm surprised that they didn't make a spooky, quote-unquote, spooky crucible event where you, you would have gone in, let's say it would have been Clash, and it has the jump scares from Trials of Osiris in there, and then you have a small chance of getting Ghost Ghosts or uh, the Devil Ghosts. Well, I mean, I think they wanted to keep that specifically to Trials to draw more people into Trials this week, which we're going to talk about the Trials as a whole a little later, but... um. I understand what you're saying. And that's my one thing with Festival of the Lost is when you look at the other live events we've gotten, like uh, Sparrow Racing League or Crimson Days, those events come with something. They come with their own game mode. And that's what the event focuses around. Festival of the Lost, yeah, it's got masks and new emotes, but there's really nothing for it to center around. This year, they've kind of centered it around Trials of Osiris. But in general, they don't have anything additional coming with Festival of the Lost, they just have these masks and things that you're supposed to take into your normal weekly events. Mm-hmm. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about Crucible. The rest of this episode is pretty much going to be a Crucible Fest. So sorry for the PvE people, but there's really not much to talk about. Um, hopefully next week we'll have something better to talk about with regards to PvE. Challenge modes. Right. So this week... Uh, let's go ahead and talk about hand cannons and how ranges work. And the reason this came up was because there is a Kotaku post that came out uh, a couple days ago. Um, and they were talking to several streamers. One of them was Triple Rack. Another one was Datto. 
And with regards to the article, they were talking about the best and worst of PvP. Um, there have been some. There have been several big things happening with regards to PvP, and a lot of people are getting turned off by the PvP. It's gotten to the point where it just feels too laggy and too inconsistent. Uh, I know in other games. If I were to aim and I have the reticle on somebody and I shoot, it's a shot. It's it's a shot that's going to land. In this case, in this game, not so much. And as opposed to using other things in the game, such as damage drop-off or, or stability, using the stability on, on, that, on the gun, they used ran, what feels like randomness. And... A lot of people are comparing PvP to how it was how it is now to how it was back then. And that's a big takeaway from this article. We'll have the links links in the show notes. Um, but basically the title of the, the article is called The Best and Worst of Destiny PvP, where they talk to Triple Wreck, Mr. Fruit, Datto, and Sir Demetrius. Sir Demetrius's opinion pretty much was that PvP is complete garbage. After the first uh, nerf that happened in vanilla. And I kind of want to tell Sir Demetrius, you need to calm down because well, uh, he definitely said wrong. after the first year. So he was okay with it up until they ended the Thorn Last Word era. Mm, no, I'm pretty sure that he said that it was after the first uh, nerf. I'll look it up, but anyway, just the single worst nerf that Bungie has put into effect was every single weapon patch beyond. Okay, beyond year one, you were right. Okay, <laughs> which I disagree with on a lot of levels. Just the hand cannons, or I should say, exotic hand cannons, were way too strong. In fact, so the the, the just the range stat on all hand cannons. Or all guns in general were were at a at a weird level. Um, another link that we're going to include in the show notes, which I want people to read. This is a long post, just a heads up. But it is on Reddit. There is a massive breakdown on Bloom and hand cannons, and the reason that we're going to include this in the show notes is because it's not just about hand cannons, but they talk. There's a big part that they talk about with regards to operating range. And based on the patch notes, this is what Bungie perceives to be the, the ranges. One to five meters is point blank at, at which any point a shotgun can kill you easily and consistently. Five meters to 15 meters is short range where shotguns, hand cannons, and auto rifles share real estate. 15 meters to 30 meters is your, your mid-range, where hand cannons lose effectiveness due to uh, RNG, and pulse rifles take over. The fact that they mention RNG there is, is sad. And pulse rifles take over, scouts start feeling comfortable at this range. 30 to 50 meters is where pulses start losing effectiveness and scouts take over. And, 30 and 50 to 80 meters is where snipers and scouts are more or less equal. The problem is this isn't the case and the or this isn't a really effective way to calculate things because this game uses a lot of movement and between 1 and 30 meters a titan skating can get to that area 
in less than in about a second. So at that point, you just cross three different um, range drop-off locations in one second and can quickly shotgun somebody to death. So at this point, the fact that you cross into three areas, you just, if you're a hand cannon person, you're at a really big disadvantage and somebody with a shotgun can just obliterate you real quick, hide, get behind cover, and repeat the whole process at that point. So can I put my two cents in for a second? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. So um, this is going to kind of link into what Sir Demetrius said, because I actually kind of agree with him. Um, and it's not an opinion just he shares. Um, a lot of other big streamers, I know Mtash has put out a video saying basically the exact same thing um, about the year one meta being the best meta. And the reason why people kind of think this, and it, it goes in with the ranges, is you see with that movement speed, as you were saying, that these ranges that they have, um, that they say are short distance because of the movement speed aren't necessarily the close range. So the guns kind of need to extend out where they should be effective. And if you go back to the beginning, auto rifles were dominant. Fusion rifles had a dominant place. And those guns were able to stop shotgunners who at that time had so much range on their shotgun. It wasn't even funny because of shot package, but they were still able to stop the shotgunners from closing that range. Then auto rifles saw a nerf and we saw hand cannons come to the fold and at that point, yes, hand cannons were by far the most dominant, which I understand why people may not like that, but hand cannons felt good. They were the only gun at that time and probably throughout the entire PvP existence of Destiny, in my opinion at least, that have felt as primary guns should feel in Destiny because they were able to stop people from pushing in on you, which is the job of hand cannons, and take them down. Yes, I will admit that there are some obnoxious ranges to the last word and thorn and hawkmoon at those times but if you were to give them the damage drop-offs they have right now but go back to the consistency that they used to fire with then the game would be completely different back then yes last word could two tap you and it sucked but you still had to be very skilled with it to use it and that's what sir demetrius was kind of getting at and a lot of the big streamers have got at is back in those metas there was a very high skill gap between the players that understood how to use guns and the players that couldn't use the guns as well and that's the thing that people like to have in competitive games so that's why when you see all these bigger streamers and youtubers and competitive players talking about it those are the metas they like because it's not i'm just going to use the the speed because at this point people have had three years to play the game they understand how to use the speed you can be a novice player but if you've played it enough you understand how to use the movements available and there's things you can look up to teach you to use the movements available to close any ground with a shotgun and just take someone out with a shotgun that's why we're seeing big problems with shotguns right now is because there's no longer something to counter them and people liked it at this time because primaries could counter a shotgun yes they may have seemed op but the hand cannon was what could counter the shotgun so that's kind of why i feel at least people liked it back then because it kept primary guns in the fold people were really good with snipers at the same time people were really good at shotguns back then too but it was all about using primaries to stop the special weapon attack. And since then, we've just seen nerf after nerf that has made it so special weapons are now at the fold and people treat them as a primary. Yeah, um, that I was I was I agree with a lot of that. I, I just think that a lot of people are looking at year one 
with rosy colored glasses when they're not really taking to, into account that year one did not feature the correct damage or a damage drop off, I should say. The range stat on all of those weapons meant absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. And as you mentioned, if there had been the range implementation from 2.0, which is when we first got Taken King, it would have been a completely different... Uh, I think it would have been a completely different PvE, uh, PvP situation to the point where they... Where I think almost everybody would agree that all guns were at a good position. If at vanilla they had that da the correct damage drop off from 2.0, I don't think we would have had the the quite the problem that we we have now, where specials are at the forefront and they will continue to be at the forefront, and shotguns are just completely dominant. Um, there's also other things that, that are going on with regards to special weapons, in my opinion, and take it for what you wish. But I just think that you get too much. I, I, I think that you get way too much, and it's gotten to the point where people run around with shotguns exclusively. There's no primary gunfight. And that's a problem, in my opinion. That, that is, that people will always use the meta. And if they're going to use the meta, they're going to use what is effective. Right now, snipers, shotguns are effective. Fusion rifles, they're they're they can compete, but they're not going to be used at those those high skill gaps or the the high tiers because you have to charge and you have to play mid range. But these maps aren't conducive to that. So I'll pop a fusion rifle very happily in a six v six match. But this this past Iron Banner, I put my fusion rifle away. I was going full on shotgun, and that pains me as somebody who loves fusion rifles. I think you guys heard me extol the virtues virtues of fusion rifles up and down on this podcast. And people who played with me know what I mean when I when I talk about my love for fusion rifles. But right now, it's simply you either have a shotgun that has a range perk on it. And you go to town, especially if you have a Matador or a Party Crasher, or if you have the old Conspiracy Theory D that they gave you, which was absolutely ridiculous. Or you keep grinding Crucible until you get one, and then you go ahead and see the results. Because that's that's the game right now. It, it's it's the high rate of fire pulses. It's it's the shotguns, and then you got your rocket launchers for, for PvP. You don't change from that, and that's pretty much what it is right now. Uh, very rarely will you see somebody using something other than uh, that combination. Uh, I'm looking at, or I was looking at Destiny Trials Report uh, this past week, and I'm just looking at the special weapon kills. 81.11% of all special weapon kills are shotguns. 4.32% are fusion rifles. 3.45% are sidearms, and 11.12% are, are snipers. That tells you everything you need to know about this about Crucible, or at least this map in general. But even in on a map such as um, Widow's Court, which is a map that is considered by many to be a sniper map, 
you have people rushing around with shotguns to very great effect. I mean, this is a wide open map in a lot of spots. And you have people, pow, got you with a shotgun. Pow, got you with a shotgun. It it's it's tough to it's tough to counter that combo right now. Oh yeah, no, that's it's very much the meta and obviously if you if you want to play good and you're having trouble, play with the meta as you said, but um yeah, so one thing you touched on uh, during your uh, points there was the ammo, which I kind of agree with you. Um, in a way, I feel like we should start with no special ammo, kind of Inferno style, and have to get it throughout the match. That might solve some things, but uh, Bungie's also going to have to look at some of the perks because you have perks like performance bonus, which is, if you don't know it, um, it rolled on the original conspiracy theory that you get from... The quest line back in Taken King and running that with Rangefinder is actually super effective. If you can get that on a Mapador, yes, Mapador, not Matador, because it shoots across the map. Um, it's I highly suggest using it because performance bonus, what it does is when you get a kill, you have a chance to get ammo back. And it's actually got a very high percentage of giving you ammo back. So you can run around with a shotgun with rangefinder and performance bonus and pick up special maybe once a game and you'll be all set for the game. You have people just skating around the map with their titans constantly shotgunning people because of that perk and picking up special ammo just once or twice, which they've Bungie has obviously tried to nerf down the amount of special ammo you get and I think they need to do it just a little bit more and put more emphasis on primary weapons, which as we said before, um, the nerfs in the past have hurt primaries hard because instead of buffing up primaries to be the, to the levels of the primaries that were good, they have a habit of bringing down all the primaries and they've continued to bring down a lot of the primaries and only bring up the worst of the worst, which is a, a bad trend because it has developed into this meadow where uh, special weapons reign supreme and they're used as primaries because primaries are so ineffective. And the other thing about speed, which is touched on in the Kotaku article, article by the interviews with um, the YouTubers, is the speed is so great that you're not going to win a gunfight most of the time using a primary just because the person, if they know they're going to lose the gunfight, can get away from you before your primary can kill them. Um, it's one of the things that I stress most when I'm playing trials and helping people through trials is if you're going into a gunfight and you don't know you're going to win, just run away because there's no point in dying, especially this week where you have no revise. There's no point in dying because um, you're in a gunfight that you have a disadvantage in when with their primary, they can't kill you. And it's another reason why people have their shotguns out at all times, because they they will kill you in one shot with that shotgun. Or if not, they'll finish it up with a melee. And um, the one thing we haven't touched on yet from the Reddit post, I think you uh, started to say it, but then I took it off on a different tangent. We've kind of gone down that tangent is the bloom aspect of hand cannons, which in the Reddit post, the guy um, who did it, uh, I forget his name, but he, he did a very good job of looking at bloom and explaining what bloom does. And he cited uh, games in the past that have had bloom. And one thing he cited was bloom is very effective on PC games because it's point and shoot with a mouse, which if you've ever played a PC game, you are dead accurate when you're playing PC games compared to how you are with analog sticks on a console. So Bloom isn't something that really has ever fit into console games. And when it's been brought into console games in the past, there's been outcry and developers have taken it out. 
And at this point, not only has Bungie put Bloom into the game, but they've made it so with hand cannons, you actually start with Bloom. Bloom doesn't develop, it Bloom does develop as you shoot, it gets greater, but you start with Bloom, which is the initial accuracy that Triple Rec originally tested in his video video that started this outcry within the community community a couple months ago. And this Bloom effect is something that really needs to be looked at by Bungie. Because if they continue to keep it in, hand cannons are just going to keep up that random shot they feel like. And they'll be even worse at closing down the shotguns in that mid to short game that they're supposed to cover. And right now, the way we have it is it's just going to continue to be a special meta because of that. Yeah, the main reason I didn't bring it up is because we have previously talked about hand cannons. And I wanted to talk more about the ranges and what Bungie has defined. and what the actual ranges are with regards to the game. There's only, like I mentioned, five different ranges. The main ranges are 0 to 30 meters, where you got shotguns, pulse rifles, everything competing in this area because of the movement. Everything that was there that 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 you played in with regards to the 1 meter, the 30 meter, that's just one range because of the movement. You Titan skate up to somebody, they're shooting you with an auto rifle. Auto rifles are in the worst position that they've been in all game, uh, all year long. Even with the recent buff, it's not enough. They nerfed the, the, the fast firing auto rifles and they were actually, they were the, one of the best counters to shotguns and they nerfed it into oblivion. Yeah. And one thing, um, if you don't know what we're talking about with these ranges, when we say like five meters, 10 meters, what you can do is um, I encourage you to actually is to go into a private match and special ammo boxes are going to have a meter setting on them. So when you're aiming at it, you can see how far you are away from it. And I want you to look at that special ammo box and go about 30 meters away because that, well, you may think oh, 30 meters, that's got to be a pretty decent distance. It's not a decent distance at all. A shot, an average shotgunner will close you close those 30 meters in half a second in this game or less. And that's why we're, there's so much trouble because even the fastest firing uh, primaries that get the job done quickest, you're looking at like the mighty optimal kill time because that's still the fastest optimal kill time is at 0.8 seconds. A shotgunner can close down the, the range that's supposed to be mid range to long range in 0.5 seconds. That is insane to think that you're supposed to be able to fight them off with with scout rifles. Essentially, that's the range that scout rifles are supposed to start at. And you're supposed to be able to fight off these shotgunners. And if you have an above average Titan skater, someone can close down that distance in a quarter of a second. Because when you really get going Titan skating, you can fly across an entire map in about five seconds. Mm-hmm. And given how, how these maps are, where they're really CQC, close quarters combat... You're really it's 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 an it's an it's an insane advantage for people who are titan skating for for people who use something like Mita multi tool uh, where they use uh, if you're a hunter rolling around uh, warlocks they don't have too many movement abilities outside of their glide their really floaty glide there is a quote unquote warlock skate that allows you to move around pretty quickly but it's not like a titan or a, or a hunter. Warlocks, I mean, people complain about Warlocks and their ranges, but but let's be honest, they don't have that many movement abilities. A Warlock has to, if you're a Warlock and you want movement abilities, you have to go with a, a Void Walker to blink. 
Otherwise, there's not much else you can really do. Except for bunny hop. You can bunny hop the hell all, all over the place. But uh, we'll go ahead and include these 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 links in the show notes. And I highly recommend that you guys take a look at them. The Reddit post is ginormous. It's gigantic. But totally but worth the read. I, I completely agree. Yep. So, David, why don't you go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons? Yeah, well, Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. So let's go ahead and talk about Trials of Osiris. And not specifically this week, but let's talk about something real quick that has been happening a lot. And that's DDoSing and messaging spam that's been going on. In case you guys don't know what I'm talking about, people have been getting DDoS left and right with regards to Trials of Osiris. And it's gotten to the point where they actually mention it in this week's um, TWAB where they hit that point right on the head. They were like, we know that people have been reporting because of DDoSing or message spam. We're looking into it. We're swinging the band hammer. I, I, I don't know that there's, there's much Bungie can really do because of the way that they set up Destiny. It's a peer-to-peer game, which people can, ha- can quickly get your IP address, and just DDoS the heck out of it. I've gotten knocked out of matches left and right the past few months to the point where I rarely play Trials of Osiris like I used to. David can attest to this. Uh, there's there's just weeks that I don't have any desire to jump in because it's 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 just gotten to be too much. And and it's it's unfortunate because it's it's one of the most fun modes in the game Especially this week. This week, I mean, we're going to talk about it in a second, but it's just, it's really unfortunate that that people are resorting to this level to get um, wins, to get to the lighthouse. Yeah, it's, I mean, part of it does come down to how matchmaking is working right now. And we've kind of touched on it before. There is a a big trend right now where for some reason um, everybody seems to be getting matched up against people in the top 2000, except for the people in the top 2000. And it's it's frustrating people. Um, I've seen in general, a lot of the community through the groups I'm in and through our clan, uh, a lot less people are playing trials than used to, which I think is part of it. But um, the DDoSing situation is sad in my mind. It's pathetic. It's happened um, to me only two or three times. But when it does happen, it's very disheartening um, to a player who's playing Trials of Osiris. You automatically get that loss and you can really tell who's doing it because it's usually someone like I had one that happened to me last week where um, to check people's classes and stuff, I just use Destiny Trials reports. So I'll type them in. It comes up with all their equipment, their classes, and it gives me their KD and their um, win loss and stuff. And I can see if it's a carry or whatnot, but you'd come across these teams where they have like 0.3, 0.4 KDs, but their ELO is like 1900. Cause they don't lose. Cause they just DDoS the other team every time. And it's, it's sad to me that you would want to play the game in that way, but it's also frustrating because it, it knocks out part of the community that's 
very into playing this event. This is a huge event in Destiny. In a lot of ways, it's why half the community comes back every weekend and actually plays this game still. Because there are people who will only play Trials, especially as we go through the next few months and the content kind of slows down a little bit. People will only be playing on Trials. And if this is going to keep happening, it's going to keep discouraging people from playing. And uh, with regards to message spamming, which has also been happening, there's literally nothing Bungie can do about it because it's coming from other accounts. So they can't prove in any way that um, the people you have reported actually did it, which is very, very frustrating. So let's go ahead and talk about this week's tournament. Uh, it's on Cauldron, as I mentioned earlier. And the modifiers this week are Chafe, which means no radars and no revives. Uh, the special reward for this week's tournament is at the five win mark. You get the emblem Midnight Hunt. And let me tell you, these modifiers are big enough to change the event for me. It has been the most fun I've had doing Trials of Osiris in a long, long while. And that's even with the shotgunners. And the reason I say that is there were teams that we were going up that they clearly were all about revives and by radar because they would just go into an area and they wouldn't. It reminds me of the one scene in um, Dark Knight Rises uh, where Gordon is holding the gun at um, what's his name said. And he's like, clear the corners, rookie. Like, that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been they don't clear the corners. Pow. As soon as they rush in. And, and I just take them out really, really quick. And, and it's 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 been a lot of fun going through this tournament, knowing that you have to be on your toes at all time. You have to be aware of every single possible nook and cranny in a specific room that somebody could hide in, using all of your abilities, jumping around something so that you don't get shotgun real quick to death, and just being just being completely aware of your surroundings. It's been a, it's been the most fun I've had in Trials of Osiris personally, and I didn't go flawless this weekend yet. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. This this has been a super fun weekend for me. Um, in general, like I've been using it. Um, it's kind of a teaching ten utensil in a way, and um, I haven't had too many problems with it. I like the complaints I've seen with people like, oh, everybody's camping in the corners and stuff. But it's like. When you enter a room, you shouldn't, one, you shouldn't be running in a straight line. And like you said, you should be checking all your corners, no matter if there's a radar or not. And it's, it is fun to, you can very much see the skill gaps between people who, um, relied heavily off revives and, um, the radar versus those who just have pure gun skill. And honestly, I feel like this is how trials should be. I would be fine if they brought back radar. Um, but I honestly don't think we should ever see revives coming back because this, these no revive, um, format makes it. So trials is now true risk and reward. And going into this week, I thought it was going to be a whole lot campier than usual, but I'm actually finding the opposite. I'm finding that teams are very much about a wolf pack, the map mentality or send flanks around. And I love it. Uh, it's fast pace. Um, there are a lot of shotguns, but I honestly think that's mainly just because of the map. If there was no radar and we were playing on Widow's Court, I guarantee you that the majority of people would be using snipers because then you're going to be able to sit in spots and pick people off without them knowing where you are on radar. This is a very close quarters map. And in the past when we've seen it, it's been very shotgun 
shotgun favored anyway, combined with the fact that it's a shotgun meta. So I don't think that shotguns are only here because there's no radar. It does help shotgunners in a way, but it, it helps snipers in a way too, because you can stand uh, and check your lanes and uh, not know where people are and UAV. Um, in general, I just think it's, like you said, a ton of fun. It, it feels like a truly competitive mode now. Um, I'm finding it actually easier to kind of help people through because now if I get caught in a 1v3 situation, it's all about me just winning those gunfights. And yes, there's a, there's a big complaint right now about um, people being highlighted because that essentially, if you're with a good team, which um, the success key on for winning this week is all about communication and communicating where people are from the other team. As soon as you see someone, you should be calling them out. And when you kill someone, they can now see where you are. You're highlighted, which I think Bungie should take that out if we're going to do this again, because there is a chance we'll do this again next week. Festival of the Lost should still be going on. Uh, correct, right? Is correct. It, yep. So we, we might see it again next week. But um, I honestly feel like it's not that big a deal because what I don't think people are thinking about is even when there's radar on, you can see where someone is through walls, which if you're good at communication, even if someone has a radar, knowing where they are is, is incredibly helpful because you can give call outs like, hey, he's coming to door. All right. He's going to be coming through door in three, two, one, and your teammate can just pick him off. And you can do that now, but you could do that when radar was on anyway. So yes, I think it would be awesome if we did this again for Bungie to take off the highlighted thing. So being downed doesn't, give your team an advantage because technically if it was a three on one downing someone would give those two people an advantage over you but at the same time it's it just feels like this is finally about gun skill versus gun skill and it's and that's what trials of size should be it's supposed to be the better pvp players are the ones that keep winning and making it to the lighthouse and we've seen kind of a lack of that as people have figured out ways to play trials there are worst teams that will make it to the lighthouse because they've figured out the the camp revive methods that get very frustrating to even the best of players um and this week i'm not seeing that i'm not seeing people just camping and the good thing about cauldron and no no radar is if people are camping and you flank them chances are you're going to get one or two picked and your team can win that round mm -hmm. yeah it, it, for me it's just been really fun because I got into a lot of three uh, one on three situations where I was the last person alive and I can easily worry about taking them out one at a time as opposed to having to guard that ghost and it makes it so it's a truly you're on your toes you're it's 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 crazy just just knowing that you have one life that's it you can't be revived it's it it's it it feels somewhat equivalent now to the hard mode raid where you have that one life you can't be picked up you don't got revived you, you can't you can't come back until we reach checkpoint yeah that, and and it feels really really like it, it, it i've noticed that a lot of people really revived really relied on those revives and and and, and getting that advantage back and i there's there's a certain I can respect that a little bit, but at the, at the same time, I, I kind of like getting an advantage for getting a kill. Like you got, you got picked off. That is your dis, you dis, that's your disadvantage for the team. Yes. And, 
Oops, sorry. Just staying alive. That that that's that's how you that, that's how you win the match. It is staying together as a team is now huge, and working as a team is now huge. And it takes out that dynamic of where if you get a body down, oh, now we have to stay and watch this body. We can't chase people because we'll leave the body and people can move so fast that they'll just get back to the body before us. And it, it makes it a faster paced trials. It's a more fun trials. Never in my life, in my years of playing trials, did I think um, I would ever run around a map entirely six times in one round. But hey, when I'm going 1v3, I do it. I just keep running and I keep moving. And now it's finally about moving, which is something that Destiny's PvP is very focused around and Trials has been lacking. Trials has been lacking movement. It's been very stale. And this week, movement is back and it feels great. I love it. I mean, I want them to keep it. I know they probably won't because it's it's a special event and I know people are going to complain and complain and complain because it is a very divided subject. A lot of people are frustrated with it and don't like it because they rely on revise and radar and they think that's what trials should be. But I would not mind if it never went back. I am perfectly okay with it. It it finally feels truly competitive again, like it did right at the start. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be sad when it goes back to how trials was, because I am having such a good time with it. You know, it's weird. Normally a change like this would divide the community into like 70% against it. I've actually seen about 70% for the change and 30% a very vocal 30% against the change but i've seen a majority in favor of the change and it's it's surprised me i thought that there would be more people who would be against it and it seems like there's a lot more people for it and i've seen a lot more people get into the event because it's a completely different event yeah and i think there i think part of it is people aren't trying it who are against it there's when i first heard cuz um me Jorge and one of our clanmates went to do a run right at drop at one o'clock and uh, we were a couple minutes behind because we were waiting on our third but um we heard no revives no radar and we were like oh my gosh this is gonna be so frustrating frustrating it's gonna be terrible and then we started playing and we started having a blast and i think some of the people who are against it might not have given it a chance because they're like oh psh, no revives no radars tons of shotguns i'm not going in there which i understand if that's how you feel but give it a chance because it is tons and tons of fun I love it. And um, before I forget, the new emblem that you get, the Midnight Hunt, it drops at five wins. It's the Festival of the Lost emblem. Might be my favorite Trials emblem I've ever gotten. Hmm. It's so clean looking. I love it. All right. Um, So let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. So David, you want to take it away? Yeah. Well, as always, I want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit, let you know we are available on a ton of platforms. So make sure you please, please spread the word. Uh, The best way to do this is to share it in orbit with others. As always, we're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, and we also have an RSS feed. Links to these are available on for each platform on Mash Those Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons Network. Make sure to check out the other shows on Mash Those Buttons Network at mashthosebuttons.com slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule for scheduling details. You can check us out on twitter.com slash site, facebook.com slash buttons. YouTube.com slash mash buttons 
David, where can people find you at? As always, you can find me on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt and streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. No spaces, no underscores. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming screen names at GoToNRG on all locations. Make sure you guys contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcasts at gmail.com. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue. What is in my future is my destiny. And on behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jarrett, and myself, we thank you for listening to our show. And as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, October 31st, Jorge and David transmit in orbit. They take an extended look at hand cannons, talk Trials of Osiris DDoSing, and a change coming to this week's tournament. On Tuesday, November 1st, Nick, Ray, Jeremy, and Eric bring you WoW Talk, discussing their reactions to Patch 7.1 and gearing up for BlizzCon 2016. On Wednesday, November 2nd, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. They're giving tips on Reinhardt, give their thoughts on how the Halloween event went, and talk what they expect to see at BlizzCon 2016. On Thursday, November 3rd, Jarrett and Andres continue their dive into Batman, the Telltale series with Episode 3, New World Order. On Friday, November 4th, Mike, Rob, and Luke talk the latest in the division and the state of the game in SITREP Radio. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.